0: hello 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 welcome to the edge of comfort podcast where you get a look into the adventures perspectives and discoveries of world travelers as well as explore some questions and lessons from life on the road all to help you navigate your own path i am your host lee thornquist and thank you for listening today's episode is a bit different from the usual interview I'm joined by two of my fellow volunteers at the Gong Surf Hostel in Dulan, Taiwan. Try to say that ten times. Gong. That's a mouthful. (laughs) Um, So their names are Olaf and Philip, and we were able to get this volunteering opportunity thanks to a website called Workaway. Our discussion is bit more random. We do hop around a little bit to some other topics. Our conversation does focus a little bit on Workaway and some things you might want to know about that, as well as why a traveler would even want to volunteer while they're traveling. You know, why would you want to spend your time doing something like this, working at a hostel or working on a farm? So kind of provide some insight into that. We also hear some hilarious stories from Phillips Hitchhiking Adventures across Canada. And there's even a guest appearance from the legends, Barack Obama and David Letterman. You'll find out what I mean by that pretty quickly, but I'm just going to leave it at that for now. So let's just get right into the episode today. Uh, and if you want to check out the full episode show notes and links to some of the things we reference, head to edgeofcomfort.com forward slash E-O-C-P-12. That's the number 1212. 1, 2 Subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're using, whether that's iTunes, Stitcher, something else. And if you're feeling extra generous today, make sure to go leave a review for the podcast on iTunes. So thank you, Philip and Olaf. Thank you for listening. Make sure to stick around till the end for the question of the episode and enjoy. Good morning.
1: What's all
2: the commotion? Wow. Are
3: Bernina fish big?
1: Same, same, but different. If I can't scuba, then what's this all been about?
0: Welcome to the Edge of Comfort Podcast with your host, Lee Thornquist. Welcome, Philip and Olaf, to the Edge of Comfort
1: Podcast.
0: Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for having us. So, uh, so people know who's who, you want to say your name just so you know um, the voices.
1: Philip from Canada. Okay, and I'm uh, <laughs> Olaf from the Netherlands.
0: <laughs> All right, so there are the voices, so you know who's who. Um, but yeah, today's format is pretty open-ended. No actual like type interview stuff, but we'll just talk about whatever and some questions. Uh, obviously, workaway stuff since we're all here on Workaway at Wagaligong Surf Hostel, beautiful place. Um, but yeah, first I wanted to play this clip from uh, David Letterman has a new show on Netflix. It's called. My next guest needs no introduction, because now he's, like, kind of out of retirement and has a beard and kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> so he's kind of getting back into doing... Well, he was fired, actually, from his job. Where... Did you ever watch David Letterman? Do you even know who that often. is? I know who okay. it is.
1: Yeah. Oh, no, I know I like, to... no. All I know, there's, like, Conan, there's Jimmy Kimmel, there's David Letterman, there's Jay Leno, but I don't follow him at all.
0: Yeah. Okay. Tony's
1: funny
0: though Yeah. Alright, but yeah, so this is his new show And he's interviewing <laughs> Barack Obama And I was listening to it the other day And man, it's wild So let me play it real quick Hold on uh, da, 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 da.
2: Okay Your old facts What the Russians Exploited But it was already here is we are operating in completely different information universes. If you watch Fox News, you are living on a different planet than you are if you, you well, know, listen to NPR. Now, it used to be, again, when we were young, Although you're a little older than me, but you and I are the same age. uh, (laughs) He's got this this biblical beard. uh, Do you have a staff?
0: I'm (laughs) (laughs) regardless. Obama's a comedian now. After President.
2: (laughs) Part of a holy man now. (laughs) In our campaign in two thousand seven, two thousand eight, we were some of the earliest adapters of social media, and we were reliant on a bunch of 22 and 23 year olds and volunteers who we were sending out and they'd just go. And they were communicating entirely through social media and we essentially built what ended up being the most effective political campaign probably in modern uh, political history. So I had a very optimistic feeling about it. And I think that what what we missed was the degree to which people who are in power, people uh, special interests, foreign governments, etc., yeah. can, in fact, manipulate that propagandize, and propagandize. Yeah. I was under the impression that, that Twitter would be the mechanism by which truth was told around the world. If, if, if you are getting all your information off algorithms being sent through a phone, and it is just reinforcing whatever biases you have, which is the, the pattern uh, that develops. There, there was an interesting experiment, not a big scientific experiment, but just an experiment that somebody did during the revolution that was taking place in Egypt, in Tahrir Square. Somebody took sort of a liberal, a conservative, and quote-unquote quote, moderate, and sent them on a Google search, Egypt type it in. And for the uh, conservative, it came up, you know, Muslim Brotherhood. And for the liberal, it came up Tahrir Square. And for the moderate, it came up, Vacation Spots on the Nile. Um, But whatever your biases were, that's what, where you were being sent. And, And that gets more and more reinforced over time. That's what's happening with these Facebook pages where more and more people are getting their news from. At a certain point, you just live in a bubble, and that's part of why our, our politics is so polarized right now. I think it is a solvable problem, but I think it, it's uh, it, it's uh, one that we have to spend it, a lot of time it, it thinking about. It seems like a valuable tool that is turned against us. Yeah. Uh, I read uh, a book uh, you wrote, I The Dreams for My Father. Yeah. It, yeah.
0: So, yeah, that's what I was talking about a little bit yesterday. Mm-hmm. Just how insane that is. Like,
1: everything we use now is so
0: personalized.
1: To so, like, all the ads I get on Facebook are, like, like, know, like poker or, like, gymnastic, like, stuff. Like, all that's being tailored to me, pretty much. Oh, 100%. So, like, I
0: don't get those ads. Yeah. Based on what either. you. <laughs> <laughs> based on what you search and what you look up on the internet and inter- what you click on on Facebook, what you interact with that's going to determine what you s- like the results and ads you Want get you feed me? yeah and the information so the reason why they were talking about that was in the US there's like all this um, speculation that Russia had influence in the election with Trump and that they were basically making Facebook news and all these things that were going against Hillary and And basically meddling with the election to sway in Trump's favor but so yeah that's so insane like I mean even with Instagram like how I said you know whatever algorithm is used that's how you're getting your information depending on who you like and it's like say um, Discovery Channel comes up and Nat Geo Channel comes up if you historically like more of Discovery Channel's pictures that's going to be shown to you more often, whereas National Geographic is going to just get pushed way down or just not even show up at all to you. It's kind
3: of scary. Yeah, you know? I like right? <laughs> I <was just> <laughs> scary.
0: <laughs> like, how do you... That's just, yeah, and living in your own bubble like that is just like, okay, here's what you want to hear about, and I don't know, how do you break away from that?
1: Well, for me... I I only really just started using Facebook. <laughs> I I generally live in my own little shell. Like I don't even lo- listen to news, man. People are always like, "Oh, Yo, did you see this?" I'm like, no, no fucking clue what's going on <laughs> in the world. Yeah, I just deal with my myself. <laughs> <laughs> so you already live. In I'm your already here, hermit. <laughs> yeah.
0: So. Yeah, it's so insane. Like. Yeah, I don't know. Have you had any scenarios where, maybe like with travel or anything, where before you got somewhere? Like, in for example, uh, the guy I talked to on the last episode, uh, Jason Patrick Irish. Yeah. Not... He went to, uh, he went right by the Syria border, right when it was kind of in a hot zone. And, you know, if you say people, or you tell people from the U.S., oh, I was near Syria. He was saying
1: he's from Canada? Was that
0: um, what he was saying? No, he's from the U.S. No, no, but he
1: was telling people he was from Canada? Yeah, yeah he yeah. would
0: tell people he was from Canada because he was worried that they'd hear he's from the U.S. and be like, oh, we're going to kill you. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, in the media and what you see from the U.S. standpoint is, oh, a journalist goes to Syria and gets beheaded yeah. or something, which, you know, that happens, that's still a risk, but you think, okay, the whole country's out to kill you. And then he was right by there and he's like, yeah, it was some of the friendliest people I met that gave me shirts and fed me and drinks. And so it's just, you know, you sitting at home wherever that is for you and you hear of other countries and all you hear about from that is usually the negative stuff from the media. So how do you, I guess, is it like, do you just not pay attention to that or do you just go and experiment for yourself? Or like, have you ever gotten somewhere where people were saying, saying, don't go there?
1: Yeah. Like, all the time, man. I think, generally, like, it's the people that have never been anywhere are the ones that kind of tell you, oh, this place is dangerous, why would you ever want to go there, right? But then you go there, experience it for yourself, and, like, it's completely 180, completely different from what, you know, you've been fed from, you know, either people you know, friends, family, or, like, just random strangers or the news, you're like, well, fuck man everyone's wrong <laughs> <laughs>
0: do you have an example of a place
1: like China first place I ever went to um, China China, <laughs> China. Like, like even the freaking Chinese people back home were like why would you want to go to China it's so dangerous well I'm like well China's a beautiful country just look at just Google search like you know it's so diverse and we go there and like you know it's it was completely different experience than what, you know, everyone else was saying back home, like, you know, you're, you're going to get kidnapped, you're going to get, people are going <laughs> to take your organs, and all. Just like, shut the fuck <laughs> up, <laughs> yeah, especially when I come back home, like, you know, it's fine, it's fine, yeah. I have the same experience with China, actually, yeah,
3: but it is actually, well, for the places I've been to, it's quite a safe country to go to, I guess, yeah. But the only thing that people were right about is that's very busy at places because there's a lot of Chinese. True.
1: But I yeah. yeah you're in for a ride, please. <laughs> Especially on the the metro, you gotta you gotta get those elbows out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So where did you guys go in China? Like what cities? Was there one in particular that people were saying, "Oh, you don't want to go there"? That you still went to?
1: Beijing, I think. Beijing. Yeah. Okay. What about you? Um. Along the coast, it was told, like, yeah, it's relatively safe. It's, you know, meant for tourists. Mm -hmm. um, But if you go, like, farther west towards, like, maybe, like, um, Central Asia, like, Kazakhstan and Afghanistan. kind of Silk Road area, like, it may not be um, as safe. I never went there. That's a trip for another time, but, like... Everywhere else I've been, Shanghai, Beijing, Xi'an, Guilin, like those places have been just like in a regular city. Yeah, and it's um, relatively safe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but right now, do you still think like
3: Kazakhstan and so far dangerous to go to? Is that um, maybe fed by media as well?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, maybe like. To a certain extent, but I think nowhere near what's been you know been fed to us and all that jazz. Like I'm gonna go there and I'm probably gonna have the same kind of realization. Like yeah. people are just full of shit. <laughs> yeah.
0: I think it's really with anywhere you go, there's gonna be a bad area.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: It's being from Chicago right now everyone goes if I tell them I'm from Chicago they go oh my gosh <laughs> like how are you doing there cause all you hear about maybe not so much world news but in the US news you hear about just the killings gun violence just that how it's so overrun with gangs and sounds like a freaking war zone and parts of it are really bad you know you don't if you go there if I were to go there I might not get out of there you know so With any city, with any area, there's going to be bad parts. So it's just know what those are and don't go near them. And the rest of the area is probably fine.
1: But I think if you also cultivate that mindset, like, you know, everywhere is dangerous, everywhere is bad, you're going to attract it, right? You're going to somehow find that danger, you know? And I think what's been really cool about traveling is like you kind of shift that whole like outlook like people are good people are you know people are really friendly people are extremely helpful Um since I've been traveling and you know you come you go into a place with that kind of attitude like you're kind of like attract that you're gonna kind of notice that more
0: you're looking for it yeah you're yeah, looking maybe, for yeah. something to confirm oh this area is yeah. dangerous. okay
1: because like back home Vancouver you the, the one place you don't want to go to is like the downtown east side. It's just like two or three city blocks. Of people like it's a freaking uh, what do you call it? Just like crack addicts everywhere. People just roam down the street shooting up. You just see the ODs in the in the alleys. Like cops and ambulance always. They're always there, right? So like growing up in Vancouver, you get you hear. Yeah, don't go down to any side. It's like you, you can get you gonna get freaking shanked there. But like the people are like the, the, the freaking crack addicts, the homeless. They're they're relatively harmless. Like you you spend like a good week just walking around down there. Like they keep to themselves, and it's not as you know dangerous or scary as people make it out to be. So you did walk around there. Yeah, <laughs> I was like you know let's try it out. Let's see
0: it. <laughs> so did you feel unsafe or did you feel uh, like, maybe it was for like the true?
1: first night like oh this is kind of sketch but then just kind of walk around like yeah like the the alleys are a little narrower there's a little more garbage and trash and dirt everywhere and a little more um looking folk walking around but i think is pretty much the same as um the rest of the city mm. yeah
0: yeah. now that you say that I realize that my answer to the Chicago thing was just totally based off media and news and what i heard <laughs> from that I basically just repeated everything they've said yeah so that's weird is there any place in Holland that is kind of like uh, yeah maybe like, like, like
1: my my um, understanding of of like Europe is like it's it's a paradise <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is, is Netherlands a paradise dude well I don't
3: I don't really know if we actually have areas which are like blocks, like you said, like three blocks wide, yeah. that would be considered dangerous by people or by the media or whoever. I don't think we actually have that in Holland. I mean, I'm sure we do, but I might not know them. Uh, but I'm sure, uh, even in my hometown, they're sketchy areas. Yeah. But I don't really feel that they're dangerous or anything, because I don't think we deal with that many drug addicts, like on the streets and everything. I'm sure there's some homeless, but... Um, I think there's usually to enough. am she- oh, sorry, but I think <laughs> there's usually enough shelters or something so that uh, they can stay overnight there.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So, like as far as drug problems, I don't think it's that big an issue. At least not in my hometown, but Amsterdam that maybe a little bit more. But I'm not sure.
0: Um, Do you think that has? This has been a debate that I've had with a few friends from back home: is whether a society or like a country with pretty much all drugs legalized would be safer and less abused than somewhere other countries where it's all le- uh, illegal yeah so obviously amsterdam where most drugs are legal or maybe that's changing a bit now but overall like do you think that maybe has an influence on that or is it just kind of the people and the society in general
3: well, I think if you do legalize certain drugs, it um, it promotes safer use of those drugs. Because it's legal, you don't actually have to go through back channels or something to get your drugs. So the drugs you do get might be safer because uh, you get to buy them in a shop, for example. So I'm not sure if a country would actually be safer if you like legalize all drugs. I mean, that's really hard to tell. But... Um, I do think Holland has less drug problems than countries that, uh, where drugs are illegal. I do think that.
0: Okay. Is it almost the fact that it is legal it maybe deters some people away from it? I don't know if that makes sense. It's like a reverse psychology. <laughs> like it's, uh, cause I'm trying to think with in America where marijuana is rapidly becoming legalized for recreational purposes yeah. across many states. I'm very split on whether I uh, agree with it or not because part of me is like, yeah, whatever, people who are going to smoke are going to smoke, whatever, tax dollars, whatnot. But then at the same time, it's are people who, who wouldn't do it before strictly because it was illegal. Now that it's so accessible, is it going to... The amount of people who are consuming that, is it going to skyrocket and make all of America super lazy and stupid? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> or is it just the people who are going to do it are going to do it, whether it's legal or not?
1: Yeah, I, no. think, I think that. like, Well, like if you, if you really want it, you're going to find a way, you know, if it's legal or if it's illegal, right? That's true,
3: I guess. But I do think like maybe in the first few months recreational use would skyrocket because it is illegal. I guess more people would try it yeah I do think that but I don't think a lot of people would actually stick with it or become addicts or anything
0: okay cuz yeah I mean think of if think of some 30 year old guy who doesn't go seek go out of his way to find a drug dealer find weed on the streets cuz it's a hassle he just doesn't want to spend time or get caught up in maybe some sketchy people Mm -hmm. like that and then suddenly a sh- shop that's essentially a liquor store opens up a block away from them like mm. hey come buy w- weed from us so it's a, It's just so accessible is it almost that? I don't know maybe you can speak on this because Amsterdam and Holland is it only Amsterdam where it's legal? Or is no, it it's all, all over, of Holland yeah. so do you see people who normally wouldn't do it um, try that stuff or since it's always been legal since you've been around it's just kind of yeah, whatever if you want to go do it
3: Yeah, sort of the last way he said, sort of whatever. I mean, it's legal anyway, so, yeah. I wouldn't say it's like alcohol, because (laughs) uh, a lot more people drink alcohol than smoke weed, I guess. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's always been around. It's, It's, I guess it's sort of became a part of the culture as well, that it is legal because it's never, like, since I'm alive, it's never been different. So for me, it's weirder to go in a foreign country where it's illegal than to be in Holland where it's legal, which is funny as well, I guess. (laughs) But uh, I'm not sure about, like, uh, people who are older than me like this. Now, you you mentioned a guy who's 30 years old. Yeah, that was just an example. Yeah, (laughs) I know. But I do know that a lot of my peers, like a lot of students or a lot of people I know have tried it, pretty much all of them. But none of them do it very regularly. Um, but I don't know if... Oh, laptop, oh it's okay. Oh, right. uh, you. I don't
0: know. What was your question again? <laughs> uh, I don't Just if... If being illegal, if more people are drawn to doing it because of its legality as opposed yeah. to... Because there's not as much hassle with... Uh, it's more accessible and yeah. in your face.
3: Well, like I said, I do think people will, like, in the first few months just try it out to see what it's like because it's now illegal anyway. But, yeah, I don't think they're actually gonna stuck with it, like, for years to come or for months to
1: come. Okay. Mm. What do you think? Maybe a bit of both, you know? Like, I'm just thinking. Like being in China or in a country where you can't even speak the language and like, you can't read the language, you go into a, a, a restaurant where it's fucking impossible to order, or you go to a restaurant that's, you know, it has an English menu and you you know, you can speak English to the person, like which one you going to go to, right? It's a extremely accessible, extremely convenient. Mm-hmm. You probably go there every time. So maybe the, the fact that pot becomes really accessible and convenient you can go into a, a shop and buy it very safely instead of you know go find some drug dealer in a back alley maybe a super sketch people will actually you know there might be um, skyrocket in uh, pot use but then also then again it's like well it's always there you can get it anytime you want yeah the people that really want it will We'll find a way out of the way, right?
0: Yeah. Anyways, enough about that. <laughs> um. Should we talk? Anything else?
3: Yeah, sure. I was just thinking about how we got to this subject. Well, I yeah, I don't,
0: I don't know either. How did we? Random. Show. <laughs> it's a random show. Yeah. Um. Okay. Do we want to talk work away now? Sure. Okay, let's talk work away.
1: Who actually knew about work away before, like, actually coming here? I did. Well, I knew about it like three weeks before I came to Taiwan.
0: <laughs> I didn't know about it until I was on the road.
1: Yeah. Like, same with you? Same. Yeah. I only learned about work away from another traveler, and then I only, like, <laughs> just made a profile maybe a week before I came here. I was like, oh shit. This thing is pretty cool. That's enough time though. I mean, I usually. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, he's very last
0: minute with his outreach. Yeah, that's. Yeah. So but who it want- works though. Yeah. I mean, it's always worked for me. So. so, who wants to give the workaway pitch for those who don't know what workaway is?
1: You've actually used it, so.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Twice more than you, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So, um, workaway is this concept, I guess, for. Travelers around the world because I think it's in most countries around the world um, where you get to uh, Work for a couple of hours each day at whatever at hostels for example or at farms or at somebody's house It doesn't really matter because anybody could be a host um, In exchange for those uh, working hours each day, you get to stay for uh, you get to stay there for free so at the hostel or at the person's house or at the farm and uh, sometimes You get like a little bit of food every day as well, or some money. Um, So yeah, that's the concept of workaway. So it's basically, what is their slogan? It's like uh, a place away from home, a home away from home, or something like that. (laughs) I don't know. But um, yeah, it's. I guess it's a really good way to meet new people who are also locals at the area where you're going to travel, which can be handy. and it's a cheap way to travel because you don't have to pay for accommodation. But yeah, that's work away. Did I forget something?
0: I think you did it pretty well. Right. Yeah. <laughs> work for food and board. Yeah. Yeah. Well, definitely board, sometimes food. Have you? S- there's actually some where you're supposed to pay them like five bucks a day. Oh, seriously? Really? Yeah.
1: I've, I, think, I think, think even against the rules of work away.
0: No, I've seen it from multiple people. It seems like maybe an option. You're sure, it's
1: workaway or like some other. Uh,
0: it was workaway because I've seen center. it for the first time. I thought, I thought this was the whole point <laughs> to not have to pay. You mm-hmm. work, but I think that's pretty much your food. So here's five dollars a day. We'll feed you breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Okay. So yeah, really, okay. that's not that. That's planned. not even bad then. Yeah, but it's still, it's kind of weird. Yeah. Um... But yeah, so how did you... We both heard about it on the road, just from other travelers. Did you? How did you hear about it back in Holland?
3: Uh, from a friend, uh, an ex-colleague, actually, of the bar where I used to work in Holland. Okay. Uh, she told me about it. And uh, yeah, like, especially because I was planning to be here for quite a long time, she said, well, you should look up Workaway. Maybe you can work while traveling. Yeah, she told me about it. And I just... Uh, looked it up on the internet and didn't create like an account first away because you have to pay for that as well Okay. and I asked other people what, um, if they had ever tried it and some of my friends actually did um, and they had a pretty good experience with it so I thought I might just try it
0: when you're looking up places to possibly volunteer are you searching for specific activity for example oh I want to work somewhere where I can surf so like a surf hostel or I want to work somewhere scuba diving scuba shopper are mm. you searching for specific things are you searching for specific destinations like I know I'll be in this country I'd like to work there mm. or is it just let's go see what's available and I'll go wherever there's help it's not really
3: not let's go see what's available I mean of course if that as well because people well, because hosts need to have place for you to stay but uh, usually everywhere I go I go because of People who told me that it's nice <laughs> there, like references, <laughs> and then I just go and work away and see uh, and look up like the place where we are right now, Dulan, um, and just type it in on work away, see what hosts they have there, and just go from there. But usually I go places because people told me about them before, except for like countries. I mean, I did decide myself to go to Taiwan. Okay. But that's also because I wanted to pick up a little bit of Chinese.
0: Mm, okay. Yeah, it's just kind of hard, but
3: yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's um, how i found this place like someone a lot of people told me about dulan and i was like oh what's dulan it's a really cool chill quiet yeah. town like,
3: that sounds cool yeah, i mean actually five people recommended me to go to dulan like during my travels in taiwan yeah so i thought I, yeah. I guess i should <laughs> 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 might as well now yeah <laughs> it's actually funny because like this hostel i didn't find through work away i mean it was on Workaway, but i didn't message them through work away like um I think in Dulang there's only three hosts or something, because it's a whole yeah. like, the town, the village. Um, but I was doing work away at a hostel in Taichung, the, the city on the west of Taiwan, and somebody told me, uh, who went to Dulan before, about uh, this hostel, actually, Yveli uh, Gong, that they had volunteers here um, as well, when she went there, like, just for a holiday, just for, I think she was here just for a few days. Um, but on Workaway, it doesn't usually specify the name of the hostel, I believe. Really? I, I don't think so. At least for Waggally I don't think it does, or
0: I didn't oh, read you're it. you're right. It doesn't. Yeah. It, it usually just says description. Yes. Yeah, Surf description. hostel, mm-hmm. and so Because I think bar. the reason
3: for that is otherwise you could just message them through Facebook and just uh, skip like the payment for Workaway. Yeah. I think that's why.
1: So, uh, so what to travel? Travel tip. Yeah. <laughs> <Just> travel hack. <laughs> just
0: search on Workaway. Yeah, don't yeah. pay. Just show up. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you did. Yeah.
1: That's, what, that's legit what I did. Yeah. I found woggly Gong on Workaway. I'm like, this place looks cool. I'm going to check out Dulan. <laughs> and then I came here, I saw they had a yoga room. Like I could stretch and everything. I'm sold. So you literally just
0: booked a few nights here, yeah, and yeah. then got the feel, and then I like, went I like up to Yong yeah. Yi and said, yeah. hey, can I work? Hey,
1: can I can't work here? I like this place. I'm going to be here for a month. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty
3: much. But anyway, yeah, I messaged them through Facebook because I didn't see the name. And I didn't know the name because somebody told me the name. Okay, Hostel. Uh, they usually have volunteers. So I just looked them up on Facebook and asked them. <laughs> and then actually, by the photos of Facebook, I saw that it was the same Hostel and work away because they had the same pictures. Uh. So, uh, <laughs> Which was funny. But I actually uh I messaged the travel bug as well, but that one threw really work away. Okay. But I chose to come here.
0: Yeah. Good choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is uh what what's your next one again? The one you're doing in uh in Yilang. In Yilang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Listen yeah. have you heard this yet? Yeah, uh, you should the text. <laughs> yeah, listen it's so funny. <laughs> yeah,
3: so I messaged um a host in Yilan, a hostel as well. Actually, first I wanted to work on a farm, but since it's winter now, there's not a lot of work to do on a farm. Uh, so I messaged the hostel in Yilan, the next city I'm going to. And, um, well, at first I just uh, told him like a little bit about me, It's sort of like uh, an application or something. I guess the first message he sent to, uh, to the hostel and asked them if they needed a volunteer for like, the next two weeks. And they said, well, sorry, but we're already full. But he did really like me for my application or something. <coughs> he said, Like my opinion about the guests or something. Because I, I think in my uh, first message that I told, them, I uh, said that I would have been a bartender. And that I was easygoing and should or something like that. So he liked that. So I just replied. Uh, because there's not a, lo- not a lot of hosts in Yilan either. Because it's not that big a city. I replied like, oh, I'm having a little bit of a hard time like finding a hostel in Yilan. So are you sure there's nothing I could do? And then he, rep- he replied that I could um, like manage the lobby at, in evenings from seven to eleven, and just be chatting with the guests. <laughs> <laughs> so that's going to be my next uh, workaway experience: just chatting with the guests of the of the hostel <laughs> during the evenings. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's probably the easiest gig you can and find. Then, but then I was thinking about it; and I'm basically doing that here as well, and
0: i yeah, now and then. Yeah, just serving Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just take this chair and sit there and talk with people for four hours. (laughs) Oh, that's so great. Have you, what was the, did you do bartending in the first one in Taiwan as well?
3: No, no, no. I was actually working at a hostel, like what you guys were doing. Oh, okay. Just cleaning stuff. Yeah. Changing bed sheets. and Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, so we'll give a quick description of our work here, I guess probably pretty similar for most hostels is just check guests in and out collect money or give back key deposits <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. clean some stuff yeah. change beds change bed
1: sheets maybe vacuum mop
0: yeah, yeah. and then
1: just overall tidiness of the hostel really.
0: yeah and then just hang out and do any other help that's needed yeah and it's only five hours a day Five days a week, pretty good gig, I'd say. Yeah. For free board, and we actually get an allowance too.
1: Yeah, that was that was amazing. Like, <laughs> like I didn't know we were getting paid and everything when she told me. I was like, holy fuck! <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then also the free surfboard is huge. Yeah, yeah that's true. i only used it once. Yeah. It was pretty good today. Mm-hmm. It's a decent board. Uh, well, it'll do for a beginner yeah. I mean, yeah and yeah for the waves at Cape Cafe too it was pretty good but uh we used to have two Tomas broke yes. the other one <laughs> in half did he have to pay for that do you know no, I don't think so no man I've I've been paranoid about that every time I nosedive However, I'm yeah. like oh sh-. <laughs> I, I come up from under the water thinking it's just gonna be there broken in half
3: mm. I mean that can happen
0: <laughs> yeah it's kind of rocky there, too.
3: Yeah, it's true. Well, if you go more to the right, it's okay. There's more sand there.
0: If you walk down and go farther yeah. down the yeah, road? Right. Yeah. Okay. That's good to no. know. Yeah. Have you looked up, like, in your search of workaways, what are some of the stranger things you've seen? Because common one is always hostile work or some sort of hospitality. Mm. Have you seen anything where it was just what is this or total oddball work Um,
1: no not very
3: strange I think
1: it's it's all pretty much farm or like hostels
0: yeah
3: sometimes you have like uh, a family as well so it's like uh, teach our kid English oh, yeah. or something like. There's that. a lot of that in yeah. Vietnam. In Vietnam yeah, yeah,
0: Vietnam is really big on something with English. Mm.
1: Yeah. Maybe teaching English.
0: Well, I mean, <laughs> something revol. Yes, teaching <laughs> <laughs> something something <laughs> revolving around English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like watch my kids talk to them in English or teach this classroom. I'm actually very curious if there's any. Uh, Strange workaway things.
3: You know actually the other day, I messaged um, a farm in Ulan, and I got a message back in Dutch <laughs> Really? <laughs> yeah, it was really funny. It was about this Dutch girl, and she um, She replied, well, you just like she replied in Dutch, but I won't translate um, she said well you just um, Send a message to the greatest host ever It's just a shame that it's winter now and that there's not that much work to do, but, um, but I've been here for three months already and she actually invited me to stay there, even though there's no work at all. Oh, <laughs> like, like, awesome. I could do so, yeah. so. I mean, I had a place to stay in Ulan anyway. Okay. But uh, yeah, I just decided to go with the hostel anyway yeah. <laughs> because I think it'd be more
0: fun. Yeah, maybe just go and say hello or something yeah, one uh, day. I
3: probably will. Uh, yeah, because she also like the Dutch girl. I think she's like twenty or twenty one or something, and she's been working there for three months. And she said, "Well, if you come to Ulan anyway, we could meet up, and I could show you some places in Ulan." That would be fun. Cool. <laughs> yeah.
0: There you go. Workaway making connections I with know. people from different countries. Or the same country. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so here are ten amazing workaway projects you should know about. From dreamingandwandering dot com. Number one. Live aboard a sailing yacht in Panama. Okay, that sounds pretty cool. Mm. Stay at the lakeside safari camp in Kilimanjaro. What does that include?
1: That sounds cool too. That sounds yeah.
0: cool, but are you like. Safari camp, yeah. man. Yeah. Volunteer with Husky Tours in Lapland, Norway. That would be cool. Oh, <laughs> help at a yoga and meditation center. Help at a yoga From and me. meditation center. In <laughs> Cambodia. <Kendogia. laughs> that's, yeah. that's actually, I've seen a few more yeah, of those in, in some Southeast Asian uh-huh. countries. Okay. Yoga's blowing up, man. Volunteer. <laughs> <laughs> volunteer with horses in New Zealand. New Zealand, perfect. Oh, I'll be there. What does that include though? You will be helping with the eventing sport horses.
1: Means shoveling up their the turds.
0: Yeah. It's picking up their poop. Yes. Learn to dive and create grease. So diving. Yeah. That's actually there's a lot of diving stuff in Thailand. I tried to do that to get my certification. Mm. Like, stay with, do work for a month and get a certi- bleh, certification for free. Yeah. It didn't work, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it was way too last minute for that stuff.
1: You have to, like, apply for that, I guess?
0: You don't have to apply, but those are a lot more popular. So, yeah, yeah. the bookings, you know, they can't have 15 work yeah. They have a limited number of space. So... They fill up a lot quicker. So I was looking at like three days later. And Mm. I was like, yeah. Um, All right, number seven. Help with the care of endangered species in the Amazon, Colombia.
3: Why isn't spiders as well? Spiders? Spiders? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, butterflies. Centipedes.
0: (laughs) Monkeys, parrots. Turtles. Parrots twice. Oh, sloths. What? (laughs) Dude, did you know that giant sloths used to be in existence? Like, like how like, yeah. I don't know the exact size, but based on the drawing I saw, I don't know, they looked almost the size of, like, a small bear. Shit. Like, not an adult bear, but, uh... A juvenile. A juvenile bear, yes. <laughs> but, and then basically humans killed them all a long mm. time ago, but that's... I mean, sloths are insane already. Could you imagine seeing one the size of a bear? Just... <laughs> uh, stay on a private island in Tonga. Where is that? I
3: have no idea.
0: Do you have any idea what that is? No. What? July to October, you can swim with the Antarctic humpback whales. What? <laughs> Okay, where is Tonga? Cause maybe it's time to go there. Oh, it's near Fiji. Also, where's mm-hmm. Fiji? Yeah. <laughs> 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 so, wow, that is really in the middle of the ocean. Oh, okay, it's it there. west or east side of Australia. Wow, you cannot even see that on the map. Okay, well. Go to Tonga and stay on a private island. Swim with whales. Uh, come and help with orphan children in Uganda. Make a difference. Make a difference. Do good for humans. Volunteer at a surf <laughs> camp in Nicaragua. Hey. We're doing that, but in Taiwan. Cool. So there's a little taste of some of the things you could do. And that was in... This article was from 2015... So in the last three years, it's probably increased a little bit.
3: like for my next travels or something, if I'm going going somewhere on holiday, I will probably check out work away as well like in that country because I've had quite good experience of yeah. now
0: in Taiwan and, and that's you can, funny, actually but the, you so. can actually probably do them in your home country too oh, yeah sure well there's it's a little bit weird to do it in your home country i guess because i mean you've got
1: a house there to live out. well yeah but <laughs> <laughs> well i mean it yeah, feels a cool i guess netherlands is kind of small right yeah, yeah. true
0: so yeah. maybe ah, yeah. a country nearby if <laughs> you're <Yeah. laughs> yeah. like oh i want to go over to spain yeah for free like
1: the states and canada like it's massive yeah, yeah. True. we go yeah. the other side of the country yeah it requires a flight <laughs> yeah. or like six days of driving yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: that'd be cool. I really wanna do uh a vineyard. Oh mm. mm, Learn how to make wine
1: or something. Like in, in Cali or something? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Or or in uh or in Australia or New Zealand maybe. Does New Zealand have wine?
1: Oh, maybe. Probably it seems maybe. like a place. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like
0: they do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so after doing, you know, you, you just said that you'd probably try to do it on your next trip, no matter where you go. I guess, why would you, if you were pitching your friend on, hey, you know, you have a month off or something, you're going on a trip, Try to sp- why should they spend a week or two working beyond just free accommodation? Or is that mm. the best reason? <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I, I do think the best reason is for the... That you get to meet locals, cause like uh, they usually know where the best places to go in town are, or in you know, or in the city. Uh, so I would say that is the best reason, and that you get to stay there for free is just a really nice benefit, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I put it like that. I think. Yeah. but yeah, you d- you do need to have time though. I mean, for most hosts in work away, you do need to be there for a minimum of two weeks. Okay. So yeah, you do need to. Uh, plan a long holiday if you do want to work. Okay. Is this your first time doing work with mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I just heard about it in Japan. I thought, oh, that'd be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And then since then I've just been keeping track of some stuff or uh, just messaging hosts to try to, like I was mm-hmm. in Malaysia, so I, I was actually trying really hard to do something on a sailboat. Okay. I really wanted to go live on a sailboat for a month or something. But there's not a ton of options for that, yeah. or they, you need a little bit more of a heads up. And you know for those, there's usually only a spot or two. Yeah. Um, so that didn't work out. And then I was looking into diving because I wanted to try to work for my certification. But with my timeline, I was kind of wanting to dive right away. So yeah. I should <laughs> plan that out a little bit more. Um, and then I had these three weeks between Bali and China. So I thought, okay, I gotta find something to do in between that. Mm. And I literally just looked up surfing. Yeah. And so there's surfing in Vietnam, surfing in Taiwan, there's some, uh definitely some in Bali, some other places. So just message them and yeah.
3: Oh, did you actually leave a message like this hostel before you came to Taiwan? No. Yeah. Oh shit.
0: Because I had to, I wasn't just gonna buy a plane ticket to yeah, Taiwan yeah, of course Yeah. I don't know I was trying to figure out a little bit more because I didn't want to get here and then, then be like oh yeah we're full mm. and then I'm like well I'm in Taiwan I mean I was planning on visiting here anyways but I didn't know if
1: yeah that's this fool right here <laughs> just showed up <laughs> pointing to myself yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally just show up in Taiwan Oh, let's let's see how this goes <laughs> I did it two days beforehand like
3: two days before my flight to Taiwan What's I started. I think I messaged in two or three hostels in Taipei. Yeah. Yeah. And like a couple of hours later I knew I could be, I could work at one of them already. So that was nice. So
1: the hosts are pretty good at um, replying, eh? Um, I haven't sent yeah. a single message to anyone yet.
0: Yeah. I'd say mm, it, it actually tells you the response yeah, rate. exactly. Yeah. You can so, see on
3: their page like what their response rate is.
0: Yeah. I mean it all just boils down to just don't send a shit message, you know. I've actually been very curious about that. Of
1: What well, well, what entails a good message?
0: Just try to introduce yourself a little bit and why you would be a good fit. Like, Taylor, don't just copy and paste a generic message and blast 20 people. <laughs> oh, man, you know? that's yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that will, that yeah. honestly probably works for some hosts because like, they just need people. Like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, so maybe it works... I, but I always try to, like, look through the description, find something that piques your interest, or something that you think, oh, I'd actually, I've experience with that, or I think I would be able to help with that. So, like, Olaf with bartending, you know, yeah. when he messaged that person, he said, oh, you know, I have experience bartending, and socializing with guests, making good environment, and that made him stand out, and why he basically replied and said, oh, you know, we're full, but I really like that you, that point yeah. about that Okay. so maybe try to just include something about hey you know this is why I'm interested in you guys yeah. this is the help you need I think I could help with that but I'm also willing to help in any other area you need Sorry.
3: I just did that on couch surfing actually I'm going to be couch surfing on in Hualien for the next couple of days yeah. and mm-hmm. there was this one guy who had like 180 references already <sighs> yeah, it's, it's pretty 180? Yeah, yeah yeah oh my god it's crazy so he's been hosting loads of people and like his response rate was 100% but he said he only accepts like 10% of the people who message him because he's got that many references that a lot of people message him as well and I'm actually going to be staying with him because <laughs> uh, it was my first time on couch as well I had never done it and he was the first guy I'd sent a message to so I just told him about that. Like it's my first time I've met and I'm not really sure what I should tell you. Like, I mean, <laughs> I don't I know what it. to say. Yeah. <laughs> I need so a I couch. Said, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I just I just read his profile and um, it said something about his philosophy on life or something. Um, and it just reminded me of a book I read three weeks ago. So I told him about that and then I bit about the book. Perfect. And I mean, that's it.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. yeah. Find one little yeah. thing you can connect on or comment on or oh yeah like a book like
1: yeah exactly. that's awesome yeah <laughs> yeah so how does couch surfing work because I'm also looking to use use it one when I go to Korea yeah yeah well
3: so. it's this is very similar
1: actually um, I kind of make then, a profile and yeah you find and it's it, free actually. it's free yeah completely free
0: yeah. unless yeah. there is a you can get verified for50 dollars lifetime. And that allows you unlimited messages, whereas the free allows you 10 messages a week, yeah, yeah, that's true. which is usually plenty enough, um, 10 messages a week and it's most access to everything else. Whereas verified, I mean, you know that the person's a real person, so, <laughs> you know, they had, they cared enough to pay to use the service, so it's like, okay, <laughs> you know, so it's a little bit more, um... Reliable. Reliable, yeah. and they say find a host two times faster if you're verified.
3: Well, to be honest, but I don't know, because um, I think references are still a lot
0: more important. I agree, too. But at the beginning, it might be a little Yeah, that's harder. true. Like for your very first one. Uh, yeah. yeah.
1: So, like, what what's in it for the host that,
0: you know...
1: Hosts
3: Nothing so much, just meeting new people. Right? Okay, yeah.
0: So. so, most... This is actually a topic I like a lot, because I've been couch surfing a few times, but... So the hosts are usually travelers as well, oh, or yeah. they've been on some trip, or they've they've used couch surfing on a trip so they kind of want to pay it forward, or you know they're stuck in, not stuck, but they're at home because of work or school, so they don't have access to go travel for months, so it's kind of a way to bring the world to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you know? Okay, here I can have people from Europe, people from the States, people from South America, stay with me and I can talk and learn about their culture just staying in my home.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like the idea of like paying it forward, you know, everyone, everyone or most of them are travelers themselves, right? Yeah.
0: So, yeah. so they know kind of the, the culture and how to not be a shit person, I guess. <laughs> a <laughs> yeah. little bit.
3: A lot of the hosts on Couchsurfing kind of Surfing say that on like their profile as well that they've had such good experiences without surfing when they were traveling themselves that they thought, well i might just try it in my home country as okay. yeah yeah
0: definitely recommend it
3: yeah i'm looking forward to
0: it. <laughs> yeah you're staying. how long are you staying with him for just two nights okay yeah i believe
3: yeah two nights i'm actually still looking for somebody for two more nights
0: okay and
3: yeah it'll probably work <laughs> okay not too worried about that otherwise i'll just get a hostel
0: yeah
3: actually um was wrong about that yeah, somebody from Travelbox. She told me about um, like the Hangout option in Couchsurfing. Yeah, she, she was really like enthusiastic about that. Yeah, that.
0: so one of the other main benefits of Couchsurfing is they have a service called Hangouts, or not a service, a feature. Um, I think you actually need the app to use that part. Oh, okay, but it essentially is shows you other people other uh, travelers who are around you and who want to hang out. Well, it's not
3: only travelers I think. I think it's locals. Yeah, it's and locals the if things. they're on it. And you yeah. have to
0: you have to specify if you want to be available or not. So for example if I w- wanted to go get lunch right now but didn't want to go alone so maybe I'd just go on the hangouts and say I'm available I want to go grab lunch in some areas you know we're more travelers than others depending on time but um, and then someone could message you and say, hey, I want to grab lunch too. You want to go? Yeah. Or um, I used it in Japan to find a group to go do karaoke with. <laughs> so, like, I had one night in Osaka and I thought, okay, I'm not going to just sit in my room. So I went on there. Um, there's actually events too, which is a pre-organized thing. Oh, yeah. I went to uh, an event, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of those are weekly. Like, weekly couch-surfing meet Go to this bar every week. So that was... Uh, really? Yeah. Oh, so wow. in Osaka, they had a karaoke one every Friday. Yeah. It happened to be there on a Friday. Went there. There was, like, 35 people there. And,
1: and karaoke's big in Japan, too, right? Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah. Must have been... Must
1: have been an experience. It was. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's... <laughs> karaoke's just so interesting, because you get the... the the characters that do karaoke you know you get the people who are actually legit who are very very good and they'll go up there and just kill it and then everyone's like oh shit like, yeah,
2: I, I don't want to i don't want to follow that yeah. and
0: then you get the people who think they're really good mm-hmm. and they do way too many songs and try to prove that they're good but they're not and you get the really timid people who are kind of like their friend forced them to do it so they go up and half-ass the song <laughs> I saw yeah. this I saw this these two people go up and do this uh, circle of life you know yeah, the Lion King. Line thing, yeah. oh it was brutal <laughs> I don't think they've ever heard the song before they were just, the circle of life the most unenthusiastic <laughs> rendition <laughs> so but hey props to anyone who's mm. doesn't care about
3: I think it's funny though that, that like k- karaoke is so popular in a lot of countries in mm-hmm. Southeast Asia, actually in China as well, because like they have this whole culture thing about saving face. That they, uh, like, that you, uh, for example, I can't really tell anybody that he's done something wrong in front of pe- other people because he lose, a uh, lose face or something. But they don't really care at all about karaoke. I mean, they go, they go all out. It's <laughs> like. There's no shame in it at all. Yeah. And there is, I think, in Europe or
0: in, in the West sometimes if somebody really can't sing. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. I anyway. think the thing is, if you suck, one...
1: You don't do it. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: well, no, because it's fun. you got to do it, no matter how good or bad you are. Usually, but if, like, if you're you bad, just own it. Don't go yeah. up there and, and pretend like... Just go up there and suck. Who cares? If you make... <laughs> Have fun with it, but if you go up there and know you suck and try to be good, or uh, it's just, yeah. just go up there and own it That's and true, laugh about it, because no one cares. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is true, though, in Asia. Like, karaoke all out. They do have a lot of places where you can rent private rooms, though. Or not even rent them. It's just given to you mm. if you have a group of three or four.
3: For karaoke? Yeah. Actually, in Taichung, like on the west, I saw, um, when I was going to the movies, to the cinema, there were these little, uh, these very tiny rooms, and there were ju- just two seats and a screen in front of you, like, uh, where you pay for your movies, like, uh, just outside there, like, the, w- the waiting area. So yeah. There were these little rooms for karaoke. You could just wait there while doing karaoke <laughs> or something. <laughs> I mean, i would never seen it before, but, yeah, it was funny. And people were doing it as well. <laughs> just waiting to see the movies. Uh, might as well
0: do some karaoke <laughs> What are some of the strangest cultural things you guys have come across? Strange, obviously, just because we're not from the area, but that it just totally, like, you're just like, what? <laughs> Does anyone see this?
3: Oh, <laughs> uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was in Taichung, like, in a very busy park. Uh, this old man, I think of, like, 60, just burped for, like, three seconds. And I like, um, he was walking behind me so I looked at him and it was quite busy but nobody looked at him at all, I mean everybody felt it was perfectly normal. And I mean I know it is as well because they do that here quite often. But uh, yeah, I I thought that was funny. (laughs) I was the only one who really paid attention to it at (laughs) all. (laughs) But yeah, I mean you read about that stuff but
1: it's still kind of funny when it does happen. (laughs) Man, your first ever experience with a Squatty Potty. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. What's that <laughs> here, though? No, 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 no. This was a couple of years ago in China. I was yeah. like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just walking right out.
0: <laughs> I actually thought they were urinals at first. It was in Singapore, and I saw it, and I, I yeah, thought it was... in Singapore as well? Yeah. Not everywhere, but yeah. Mm. And I I thought it was a urinal so I was using it as a urinal for a week and then one day I there's shit in there. I was like, Oh my god, someone shit in here urinal I couldn't believe it. And then I was telling my friend about it. He was like, Dude, that's a squatty potty. Yeah. What? Oh yeah. yeah. Squatty potties, bum guns. Bum gun, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those are the things that
1: Never used the bum gun just like never I c- couldn't just can't man up to that one like oh man I'll, this is another travel tip if you guys don't want to like you, you don't want to use like third world um, like t- toilets or whatever bring a spare roll of toilet paper. Yeah, <laughs> that's like one of my rules I carry like just roll the toilet paper and you know good to go <laughs> good to go true. Kind of uh, poke out the uh, the little cardboard roll in the middle and then you can s- squeeze uh, it in half. And it's a lot more, um, you know, travel size. Fuck.
0: Bring the Western influence with you. Yeah. <laughs> that's
1: like, that's just one thing I just, I just can't, like, adapt. <laughs> into. Every time I'm like, yeah, I'm down. Let's do a squatty pot, I just can't. It's like, oh, terrible. Terrible experience every time. <laughs> Have you
0: ever heard that it's actually healthier to Yeah. Put that way oh Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is can we confirm that? Is it? Know.
1: <laughs> Dude, man, I bought the that that Squatty Potty um assist thing. Yeah. The shark tank yeah, thing? yeah, yeah. That you put your feet up? You on? put your feet on it. Like this thing doesn't really work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm uh, You know, I'm I'm down for trying new things, but like it it just doesn't work. <laughs>
0: shitty conversation literally <laughs> literally <laughs> oh that's such a bad pun um okay anything else on work away
3: hmm well for for both of you it's the first time doing it right yeah, yeah. I think a lot of hosts are quite different like from uh, especially like any amount of work because here you actually work quite a lot <laughs> really yeah you do like um uh, because in, Thai, in Taipei, I think I averaged about two, maybe two and a half hours a day, like five days a week And I just got two days off as well. Really? And in Tai it was even less. Yeah. Well, sometimes in Tai it was less because you had like A, B and C shifts and A shift was just setting up breakfast. Well, they don't have breakfast here for the guests, but they did there. Um, so that was, I think, three hours in the morning, 8 to 11, and then you were done. And B shift was cleaning the, the bathrooms and usually you were with two. Um, and that took us like 50 minutes sometimes <laughs> <laughs> so shift was kind of nice uh, but yeah here you do actually need to be here at least for a cu- yeah. uh, like five hours i guess yeah i mean the work's not, not that bad either i guess yeah. but uh yeah
1: yeah and you're all you're always kind of like on at the same time like if you're here in the hostel you know yeah, yeah. guest need a hand of course you can give them give him yeah. a hand or you know the garbage is full mm, <laughs> take Who out, yeah. who's going to take it out <laughs> it's going to be me
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that's true but still the amount of hours that you actually need to be present is a, a lot, lot more here mm-hmm. than from what I have experienced so I'm not sure what the average of work away is but you know. were
0: there a lot more volunteers at those places no or no just
3: uh, no there weren't actually okay. I think in Taipei I was actually the only one but they had a lot more staff they actually have staff there Okay, like they don't really hear I mean you've just got you Yi. yeah which is the manager. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was saying like they've been running this place for five years, just all volunteers. Yeah. So yeah. Surprising. Pretty crazy. That's insane. And impressive. That's impressive. It is How impressive do you as well. Keep
0: the a volunteer here always. Oh, wow. <laughs> <Isn't that
3: impressive? laughs> well, she said as well that she's probably trained people to do this job
0: like over a hundred times. I mean um I couldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you get if you have people coming every two weeks, yeah, if you have to do that training twice, two to three times a month, oh my gosh! I and mean, she does. does, yeah, <laughs> but that's insane. Running off volunteers for five years—that's mm-hmm. impressive, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, work away. Try it out on your next trip. Or go to give it a test run in your home country. Yeah, You could as well. I wonder if you could find like a... I might try that. (laughs) Yeah. You might even be able to do just like a three-day weekend thing, you know, if it's a host and close to you or just to... No, we're going to do a full two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) If you can, yeah. Yeah. It's
1: kind Um, of the luxury of living like a backpacker life you can kind of just you know pick up and leave or do whatever you feel like uh, anywhere in the world yeah
0: oh I'm gonna stay here for five weeks yeah alright <laughs> well that's
3: really nice about traveling alone as well though. Mm, yeah. yeah you can just get to make up whatever you want to do yeah by yourself you don't need to argue with anyone <laughs> yeah. if,
0: if you're ready to leave yeah. alright I'm leaving if you so want to yeah. stay <laughs> yeah. I'm staying yeah, exactly have you been have you both been solo this whole time? Yeah. In Taiwan? Since you've left Canada?
1: No, no. I um I went to Thailand with my my buds from high school and elementary school. And then from there they went back home and I came here. Okay. Yeah,
3: I've, I've been just travelling around but I mean I've only been here for about two months now. But still, yeah. I mean there has been um, Like days that I hang out with the same people, but they don't actually travel along with me or anything.
0: Okay. Yeah. Have you, is this your first overall solo trip or have you done ones in the past around Europe or other places?
3: Mm, It's my first solo trip long term. I have been to places myself, but then for just a couple of days. Okay because like I used to live in Malaysia for half a year and sometimes I just do weekend trips abroad or within Malaysia okay so yeah it's my first solo trip long-term.
0: Has it been about what you expected? Harder? Easier?
3: Mm. (laughs) Life-changing? I wouldn't say life-changing I think it's sort of what I expected though and yeah, no regrets so
1: far. (laughs)
0: All right. yeah. for you uh, having that
1: what what, what constitutes as long term yeah
3: I'd yeah. say I was thinking about it as well because I don't really have it strong. I'd okay. say
0: a month and more is long term
1: uh, I went to the Philippines for like a total of six weeks I went there initially on my own and then I met up with my family and visited relatives for like a week or two and they went back home and I stayed behind so okay. I mean kind of a solo not solo trip Yeah. <laughs> so this would be I guess my official like just well, on my own long 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 term like 6 plus months or something yeah. Yeah. yeah
3: well I for traveling it is my first time but I did do an internship abroad and I did go there alone as well I mean it's not traveling around the world or, or throughout the country but yeah, yeah maybe we're just it's, getting it's technical, technical now <laughs> <laughs> well maybe but I guess the feeling is about the same
0: yeah, you're going to a brand new place yeah, on your own. Exactly. Don't know there's no one there to pick you up at the airport. Yeah. You're just going there and gotta figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's really not as hard as it seems to be, I guess. Mm. I don't know. Once you get to a place it, it there's is. usually other yeah. people there that I you know. can talk to and sure. <laughs> like we got here and within a day it was easy to Oh, you guys are working here too? Cool. What's up? (laughs) (laughs) Or the Dutch guys who stayed for five weeks or whatever. Nah, it two weeks. Two weeks. Extended every day. (laughs) (laughs) I thought they were just going to buy the Yakuza room. Yeah,
1: every every time I saw them, I'm like, you guys are still here? (laughs) (laughs) That was funny.
3: They didn't actually stay here every night, though, because they went to Beijing for two days as well. Yeah but like they didn't always sleep here either. Sometimes they had two rooms <laughs> like <laughs> this one and one in Hualien or one in Kind yeah. of funny. But yeah. Yeah, hmm,
0: okay. Um, so I found this story today that this girl, this travel blogger, her site, neverendingfootsteps.com, her name's Lauren, and she wrote this article in 2012 I don't know, I don't know how I just found it today, but the title is, There Was a Dead Woman on My Slow Boat.
3: Okay.
0: What's, <laughs> so, what's a slow boat? So, a slow boat, um, is a very popular activity in, uh, in Laos, where you go down the, what is it, Mekong River? Is that it?
1: Okay. Kind of like a cruise or something?
0: But like... That's a very generous term, yeah. (laughs) Um, It's just a a slow boat that goes down this river, and it's just a very beautiful river, very natural landscape and cool little villages and Mm. just supposed to be a very um, unique experience in Laos. Is it Laos or Laos? Do you say the S?
1: We do in Holland, but I'm not sure about English.
0: (laughs) I don't know either.
1: I don't know. I I always say Laos, but the last few people I've heard, heard them say Lao yeah I'm like what are you saying yeah I wouldn't understand that I think (laughs) is that that a new country (laughs) Um, so
0: yeah so basically she wasn't super excited about doing this slow boat but everyone was like oh my god you gotta do it you get so much fun you know one of those things Um, she didn't want to spend 10 hours a day on a boat sounded kind of boring so yeah valid Um, so she did it, and turns out it was amazing, actually, for the first day, at least. Um, the boat had comfortable padded seats as opposed to hard wooden benches we'd heard some boats have, um, chatting, playing card games, drinking beer, listening to music, watching the gorgeous scenery drift past the window. Uh, It sounds pretty nice. So, super excited, glad she decided to take the slow boat. And so on the first night in the village where they stayed at, uh, things started to to not go well. And turns out her roommate uh, sleep screams. So for the entire night, every 30 minutes, she would wake up screaming, wailing, and crying in Dutch and refuse to tell me what was wrong. She'd simply laugh, turn over, and fall back asleep, and then wake up <laughs> screaming a few minutes later. <laughs> oh my god. So that's the first uh, bad bad thing. And then uh, next day, next morning they, they're they getting ready to leave. Uh, Lauren was ready to actually rest on the boat since her roommate was sleep screaming <laughs> all night. Uh, she fall, falls asleep, basically wakes up ten minutes later, kind of into a uh a frantic scene a lot of commotion going on and turns out there was a a lady died on the boat an old woman died on the boat so as the boat erupted in chaos with everybody whispering and gossiping and a few people crying i could think of only one thing I'm sitting next to a corpse. I'm sitting next to a corpse. Oh, yeah, because the body was brought to basically her back bench. Um, She couldn't take her eyes off her. Felt like I was about to throw up. Oh, man. Her husband was on the boat, too. Entire boat watched in silence as he laid down on the ground. Oh, shit. I didn't read this (laughs) (laughs) one. Um, she died from malaria, instantly sent my hypochondria into overdrive, (laughs) had, she wondered if she'd been using insect repellent, had covered up, had had been bitten, thought she was going to faint from worrying about malaria, Jesus Christ, this is a bad trip actually. And it ends with Thanks for reading (laughs) (laughs) Um, So they get off the boat Oh man Everyone had to All the baggage was In the room Behind where the Dead woman was lying So everyone had to Climb over her To get their bags Jesus Christ That's actually a pretty Terrible experience Never mind This wasn't funny
3: I'm glad I don't have such an experience anywhere. <laughs> Thanks for reading. Yeah, I know. <laughs>
0: that is yeah. kind of a sad end. Alright, well I don't know where to go with that, but
1: <laughs> Take your malaria pills. Yeah, take your yeah. <laughs>
0: malaria pills. Maybe don't
3: I didn't even eat no no, you need it malaria pills in a while.
0: Oh, that's like the one place you do need them. Oh really? Yeah.
3: Like in Asia then, I guess. Or
1: yeah,
0: in Asia. Mm. I, um,
1: I needed, you're supposed to have them in the Philippines. I really? bought them and I never remembered to take them. They're really expensive though, right? Yeah, they are. Yeah. Depends which kind you get. You can get like, like the higher end ones, it's like five times the price, but you don't get like headaches or diarrhea or something. Mm-hmm. There's mo- less symptoms or uh, side effects.
0: Yeah, I, man, I did a, like a, consultation, with some, vaccination person before leaving. And man, they make you, think that you are gonna die. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, no. they, they pull out this. It was this booklet, like, like a handful, like. She's like, oh yeah, just bring this with you. I'm like, lady, I can't bring that in my backpack. I have a carry-on this is a freaking college textbook right here. <laughs> yeah, she's like, okay, so here's some of the <laughs> here's some of the things that are common in Southeast Asia. Malaria, typhoid, uh, Japanese something. Yeah, That one. And she just runs through the three pages of stuff. She's like this one, you know, not that count, but you might get it. And if you do, you got to get to a hospital immediately or you might die. Just so casual about all this stuff runs through. No like, big deal. So would you, do you want to get treatment for any of these? I'm like, N- I mean, yeah, but no, because it's going to cost me a grand. But I guess that's worth saving my life. But But yeah, man, they make you they like she pulls out a map she's like in this area of Thailand take malaria pills in this area you're okay in this area huge risk of Japanese uh, whatever um and yeah and after that I was like shit do I even want to go anymore I'm gonna go there to just to contract these crazy diseases and then I get there and it's I have malaria pills and I haven't touched them yeah there's still I have all my malaria pills sitting in my bag still But I don't know.
1: That's another thing about, like, pre-travel. It's like, you go, get your consultation, think you're going to need all this stuff, and you're so prepared, and you you get here, you're like, God damn it. (laughs) It's just like, you know, being at home. Like, I never get these shots in the first place.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Probably the one that is good to have would be, like, typhoid or
1: like Harry yeah. as well
3: though if it's really a problem there yeah there's, I guess it's not a shot really for malaria it's like
0: taking birth control every day you <laughs> yeah. have to take it at the same time and if you miss a day it's like not good yeah not that I know I mean I took
3: him before <laughs> now
0: that I'm yeah. taking birth control yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I guess if you were going to one area where it's bad or well-known to be prevalent in for a while then i would be like okay just take your freaking pills and
3: well, I guess you sort of do what other travelers are doing around you as well what do you mean? Think, like if like for example the people in Laos that you met if they're not taking malaria pills either you might follow them or not. <laughs> I mean I think uh, I, they're I, not doing I it <laughs> I, th- I think I might <laughs> yeah. I do if everybody's like well it's not really a big problem here yeah like why didn't you take them? You had them with you anyway. I don't.
0: I was I was in Thailand. Mm. That's really the only place I've been so far where I maybe should have, but on the islands I don't think there's much of a risk. Yeah. And then I w- should have probably taken them when I was up north in Chiang Mai and Pai.
1: Mm. Wait, we needed them for Chiang Mai. <laughs> well, there you you go. don't. You don't need them. No. Yeah, it's, it's
0: a risk, you know. With anything, you know, it might happen. If it does, like yeah. that's you know, it's gonna suck. If but mm. if not, then you know you seem okay. You don't not peeling over. Yeah, yeah. Pretty
1: we? pretty cool coincidence. We we're in Thailand at the same time. We we're in Chiang Mai and Pai at the same time. Oh, oh right? yeah. Yeah, that
0: was whack. <laughs> yeah. Have you uh, met anyone traveling and then went your separate ways? Maybe didn't stay in touch or anything. And then seeing them later on in a different place, just totally random. Has it happened to you yet? Not yet, no. (laughs) Okay. it happened to me in Bali. (laughs) Just on New Year's night on the beach in Bali. Two girls from, I met in Kuala Lumpur at the hostel. Just, oh,
3: hey. Oh, well, actually, um, last week or two weeks ago, someone um, I spent New Year's Eve with and a couple of other guys as well. Uh, the German guy, he was staying here as well, at League, and I run into him here again. Well, I mean, it's the same country, so it's not as weird as running into somebody in a different country at a different time. But yeah, that's yeah. the first time here. So okay. I Still spent New gone. Year's Eve with him and then a couple of days later I was here volunteering and he just came here just to stay. Like he went to Hualien first, was there for a few days and then came down here. <laughs> but yeah, what's funny, I spent
0: a day with him here. <laughs>
3: Yeah. That's the only one really.
0: Small world. Mm-hmm. Small country. Yeah. Where, uh. Is there anywhere that you haven't been yet that is like an immediate, I need to get here?
1: Hmm. South Korea. For the Olympics. For the Olympics. <laughs> and this, this legit just came up last night. While you're just, sleeping on the rocks? Yeah, I was just camping at San Thai and I was like getting super excited. I'm like, oh my god, I'm going to the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> I should go. I'm going to the Olympics. Yeah. I couldn't sleep at all. I was like, I got to text someone, and then like everyone's asleep. I'm like, ah. Oh. Like back home. It's like yeah. three in the morning back home. Like, right, I'm not going to. I'll tell them later. But <laughs> yeah, I guess for me, it's, it's Korea, just for the Olympics. That would be so cool.
0: Did you hear? We were talking about this at lunch the other day that North and South Korea are combining forces for the Olympic yeah. athletes. Really? Yeah.
1: That must be weird. Yeah. Maybe not for the athletes. The athletes don't care. They're just there for the Olympics. But, like, just for the, the yeah. government, if, I guess. If you're
0: in South Korea and <clears throat> say, because if, if they're all just under Korea then, and it's like, okay, that guy's from North Korea, are you still rooting them on? You know, Is it like, Yeah, they're Korean, but I don't know. I'm actually kind of interested in learning more about the actual relationship between South and North Korea. Is it actually, is it bad? Is it good? I mean, if they're joining forces for Olympics, it can't be that bad.
3: Yeah, but then you see the border in between South <laughs> yeah, I and mean, Korea. Yeah, it, it is really bad. So. Yeah, it
1: probably is bad. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> mm. It's going to be, oh, it's winter there right now. Well, it's winter Olympics, <laughs> I hope so. I have summer wear. I went to Thailand, came here, and I'm like, it's cold. It could be even colder there. Oh, man. I gotta buy some pants. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Just need pants and one jacket.
1: Yeah. Oh, I'm taking that American Eagle check,
0: by the way. Oh, no, Yes. It's no, 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 it's, no, no, I lost it.
1: You're, you're going to southern China. It's not going to be cold.
0: I'm not It's not southern. It'll be cold. It's not cold. It's Check cold. the weather. It's in your Shanghai. It's in the thirties. No, no, Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit. Oh. I don't know. What? It
1: doesn't get cold in Shanghai. That's it does? No, it doesn't. It's really more do. north of here. What? Oh man, I'm going colder place. True, you can have it. Will it even fit you? I don't know. Uh, well,
0: that'll we're be the to rock
1: paper scissors. <laughs> What's Like a jacket left over? Yes. We're fighting over a. Lost and found jacket. That's what happens when you don't
0: pack for cold. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You, you decide you to go to a, cold. You find
0: a free jacket and you
1: scramble like a Learned homeless to, man. Yeah. Learn to live thrifty here. Well, aren't yeah. we? Yeah. Kind of yeah. yeah we're essentially homeless. Yeah.
0: <laughs> wow, really uh, lifting the spirits here. <laughs> Bunch of homeless men. Home free.
1: <laughs>
0: Love it. We're backpackers. Yeah. Have you um, have you guys hitchhiked yet in Taiwan?
1: Not in Taiwan, no.
0: Okay. Uh, have you in other places?
1: Yeah, I am. Um, are you familiar with like Canada's geography, kind of? Like so, Eastern Canada. Yeah. Kind of like right around where um, Buffalo is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that area. I hitchhiked from like, Kingston back home to Vancouver so like a good 5000 kilometers. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> How? Um, Why? Two sum- two, <laughs> two summers ago. <laughs> two summers ago I was in in Kingston for work and I I went everywhere. I went to Ottawa, I went to Montreal. Like there's a good 2-hour drive. Like Kingston's in the middle of just about everywhere you can go see in Canada. And one place I didn't go was Niagara Falls. So for the whole summer I was like, fuck. And go see Niagara I gotta go see Niagara like I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, regret this my whole life so cancel my flight back home <laughs> 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 screw it take a bus get to Niagara you know it, it was it was absolutely beautiful I mean the town is is just a giant tourist trap but like just the falls itself was absolutely worth it and then I essentially just camped out. Like a freaking homeless dude everywhere I went, caught rides, caught rides all the way to um, Edmonton. So just like on the other side of the Rockies, and then from there I decided to uh, pay a ticket for a train through the Rockies because I just I I was like, I think I would have died from hypothermia. (laughs) if You don't get (laughs) to catch a ride, so I made I made a smart choice there. You know, I'm, like, I'm gonna take a train back home, but like from from Kingston to Edmonton, I hitchhiked so I good like four thousand kilometers or something. Shit, damn. Yeah, it was. And, it and was I used to just slept wherever. Yeah, just wherever. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, it, it, the fuck. It got it, it got, got cold. cold. <laughs> yeah, what time of year was it? Uh, the fall, so uh, like September, <sighs> October. Yeah, yeah. It, it would have only taken me like maybe six or seven days if i just kept hitchhiking but no i wanted to make it a journey yeah so i I stopped in places i hung out with my my friends that i met um a few years before so i'm like one of my buddies from thunder bay i'm like hey dude i'm gonna stop in there next week the next day i'm like sorry i actually caught a ride all the way here (laughs) (laughs) are you here i'm here now (laughs) So he's just like drives across town, picks me up, puts me in, you know, puts me up in his house for like three days. Oh, nice. Drives me a good like I don't know, hundred K out of his way or something like that. I just kept catching rides, catching rides, and I stopped in to Saskatoon with like um stayed with my like one of my best friends from kindergarten. I've known him for like eighteen years or something, and I was gonna be there for like two days. Two weeks later I'm like yeah, dude, I should probably leave now. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, I just kept going from there. It was, like, the most life-changing experience mm. ever. Yeah, it was amazing. was <laughs> awesome.
0: That's nuts. So, um, <laughs> just hitchhiking that far. Was it, h- like, was it hard to get picked up, or was it here where you stand there for five, ten yes minutes? Yes and no, okay. yeah.
1: Like, um, in certain parts... So like going from Eastern Canada to like towards the prairies, it was, it was all right. So one dude that picked me up, he took me like a thousand kilometers. <laughs> so I got really lucky. I, I, he took me like 20, 25% of the way. Was he a trucker or not? No, no, he's huh. just going back home to Edmonton. So <laughs> He's like, yeah, I can take you all the way back to Edmonton. I'm like, yo, that's, that's <laughs> awesome. But I want to stop by in Thunder Bay, see my friend. So thank you. Um. Uh, and then when I got to the prairies, uh, no one picked me up. It sucked. It sucked. I was just like on the highway for like eight hours. Oh, shit. It was so windy too, and uh, it was getting cold at that time of the year. I'm like, oh fuck! Here's the best part. Sorry. <laughs> I went to Toys R Us. I bought a little children's like kick scooter. No. Razor scooter. No. <laughs> I forgot to mention this part. So I was, I was like scooting down the highway going like this, like please pick me up. out of this, this, this cardboard signs at Vancouver Eagles home. And like, yeah, it, the only people that picked me up were like people that have picked up hitchhikers before or some really, really nice person. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, one of the, the most interesting, uh, uh, ride I got was this Chinese family going from like just outside of Ontario in, into Winnipeg. It's like 600 kilometers. Mm. I, I'm just standing outside the gas station. He's like, Which way you go? Left or right? I'm like, That way. He's like, How far? Vancouver. Vancouver? <laughs> 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 I am going to Winnipeg. I'm like, Yeah, Winnipeg works. And <laughs> it like, takes me like Five, six hundred kilometers all the way to thing. It's like like him, his wife, and his kid. I'm <laughs> just like riding in the back. <laughs> this, this Chinese family is awesome. Yeah. yeah.
0: I think, I think. I'm just picturing you on a Razor scooter.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, there, yeah, right? yeah. Oh, man. I, I have photos. I I'll show you I'm, them later.
0: Please send those to yeah, me. I'll put those in the show notes. Yeah. Because oh. that. I I want to say that hurt your chances to get picked up.
1: No, no, it actually, it improved probably like a thousand times. You got statistics. What's the, the first what's dude that picked me up? He's just going out for a joyride in his uh, his his like Nissan Skyline or whatever. He's like, I wasn't gonna pick you up, but I saw you had a scooter. That's like, he's fucking harmless. <laughs> this guy's not gonna kill me. Yeah. <laughs> and then he he just drives for like three hours out of his way like good 150 kilometers or something Mm -hmm. It's like all right i can drop you off here (laughs) i gotta drive back home (laughs) and then afterwards i'm just chilling at this trucker trucker stop or whatever and i have like a bowl of trail mix and peanut butter (laughs) just like chowing down it's like midnight closing up i was planning to just like i don't know sleep there and then these other dudes they see my sign like hey I was born in Vancouver, in David Sudbury, yeah, it takes me another 200k, so like, first night, I I traveled 400 kilometers, and all in like maybe three or four hours, because I I spent, I spent like a good two hours in in a Tim Hortons, like I was absolutely terrified, I didn't know how the hell I was going to do this. I was so fucking scared, like, so uncertain what I was going to do, so I just, like, on the phone talking to my brother for, like, two hours, and I wasn't even talking about, like, yo, I'm fucking terrified, I was just talking about poker, <laughs> like, that, that's how we connect, we just, we just talk about poker, and then afterwards, like, the sun's going down, I'm like, dude, I gotta go, I, I think I should start this trip now. <laughs> Yo,
0: low key, I'm terrified. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm fucking scared as shit. I'll
1: figure it out. I'll tell you if I die or not. <laughs> Peace.
3: Yeah, yeah, were you
0: ever scared that you're just gonna get picked up by absolute psycho? And yeah, for um, if they exist in Canada, that was
1: before, just before I stepped off. Right, like um, I kind of. Are you familiar with stoicism at all? Yeah like they have this this um Ex- sort of,
0: explain a little bit about it if we don't they
1: know. have this sort of mindset or this um way of putting fear you know in its place called like uh, premeditations of evil so you kind of go through a checklist of like everything that everything bad that could happen you know for me it was like I could get picked up by some like serial killer like psychopath I could get run over by a car I could get you know like attacked by a bear which is probably like the most likely thing, and that was not yeah, like that was like in the back of my mind. Um, but I could also just die of hypothermia, and then like once I got through that, like I actually like sat with him and kind of, you know, acknowledged it. I was like, all right, I think I'm ready to die. <laughs> I'm ready. Like, yeah, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Mom, I love you.
3: <laughs> so. But it probably goes away as well, right? If you get like a few nice rides, mm-hmm. you're
0: pretty sure. Right?
3: Yeah, That's and then cool. after the
1: first ride, I was like, wow, this is awesome.
0: <laughs> so by almost just putting, just looking at the, all the fears, just right point blank on the sheet, you just look at them and then you realize maybe they actually aren't, like, I guess what, what's oh, the... Oh, they were very the, relevant, right? well, Yeah, so what's, how does that help, I guess, you know? It, some people would probably think, you lay out all your fears you look at them and you're like wow these are legit fuck that I'm not doing this you know how does that help you to put fear in its place
1: um I think just like very realistically visualizing like how the hell this is gonna go down like if I got attacked by a bear this is gonna suck like I'm gonna die like I know I'm gonna die <laughs> okay if I if I get stuck you know um like 100 kilometers out of town and like have no food, no water, no shelter you're probably die to exposure you just really have to like sit with that and just understand like you're going to die <laughs> um, and once you accept it you just kind of make the decision you're going to move forward and if it happens I guess like <laughs> you've already kind of rehearsed your death yeah jesus (laughs) so um i take the quote from uh seneca he in one of his letters from letters of a stoic he mentions also um rehearsing your death like practicing dying so that it's not so unfamiliar when it does happen what do you mean by practicing practicing as in like like what i said like like just visualizing it like it how am I going to die it's, it's, it's very morbid <laughs> it and it's um, but it's very sobering as well knowing like we're all going to die one day right and if it happens sooner or later it's it's out of your control and there's really like I mean no unnecessary no reason for unnecessarily burdening yourself with like the fear of death um once you get it past it, then you can kinda of just move on with so it's what not, you have to do.
0: It's not supposed to be like a depressive thing. No, it's not it's not, not
1: just, really making you fearless, but it's making you more uh like cognizant of like reality, I guess. So I mean, very it helps you move past, you know, uh helps you just move past your fears and do what needs to be done, right? So once I decided I was gonna fucking hitchhike home, I knew I I had to get on the road and then go and then all these factors could happen, you know. I could die very, very soon. <laughs> but what had to be done is me getting home. So I just focus on that. Or- focus getting home. Getting yeah. home. Getting yeah. home. Yeah. And then what really was amazing from that is uh, just the amount of people that wanted to help me. Like it wasn't just getting a ride. I stopped into a McDonald's and I camped I camped out in McDonald's. I camped out in like fast food restaurants as well <clears throat> when I got into like a town or a city and the freaking workers there they like gave me food. Like, I, I slept in this one um, 24-hour McDonald's, and I was so like, I was so sleep-fucked when I woke up, it was like 3 in the morning, I was like, uh, I need to order some food. So I tried to order like a pastry, and she's like, oh no, sorry, kitchen closed. And I, re- I didn't, like, I couldn't understand, I'm like, it's a 24-hour. <laughs> <laughs> I was too tired to understand, like, it's a 24-hour McDonald's, how is the food closed? And then, like, 10 minutes later, she comes out with a big bag of cookies for me. She's oh. like, it's for you. I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and then I was trying to catch a ride outside the McDonald's, that, that same McDonald's. People that were going into the drive-thru, they kept giving me food. No <laughs> way. Yeah. I had so many sausage McGriddles. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> yeah.
0: So, back. Um that, that's incredible. You're literally a homeless man.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for like five weeks. It oh, was... my
0: gosh. Um, but back to this. awesome.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I had one pair of jeans and, like, like, a tank top. Like, all the clothes you see me wear here, what, what I wore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When I was hitchhiking home.
0: Oh, man, yeah. now that you know that you can do that, it's you know yeah. what do you have to really fear with, with trying to do other stuff like yeah. worst comes to worst I'll just hitchhike across the country and be homeless for a few weeks
1: I've actually thought about this when I go back home I might not even fly into Vancouver I might fly into like Toronto and do the same <laughs>
0: <laughs> purposely do it again yeah I
1: might make it a ritual do it like once yeah. a year or probably a young. sobering
0: experience it's
1: it was like yeah the most transformative experience yeah. ever because you kind of um what's it called uh i'm losing i'm losing words but like it makes you believe in people again Mm. you know yeah
0: yeah but yeah so back to a bit of the the stoicism stuff Mm because i know we're both big tim ferris fans and he talks about that pretty frequently yeah um and like with the the fear stuff so is it – because I've heard him talk about it a few times, but I've never actually um, done, like, a legit exercise like that. Mm-hmm. So is the is it almost that by bringing it to light and putting it right in front of you, it allows it to not just fester in the back of your mind and nag at you and yeah. try to, like, suppress it, and then it just keeps coming back? That's so nice is it like, – it's um, just, hey, here it is. This could happen. I'm aware <laughs> of it. If it happens, it happens. And I'm going to do everything to obviously make sure it doesn't, but some of it's out of my control and I'll do what I can. I think
1: the biggest fear we have is uncertainty and, you know, the unknown. So then the more you can try to familiarize with that, even if it is like, like a gruesome death, like if you can familiarize with that more and more, you, you won't be so paralyzed by it, by doing, having to do what, what is necessary, right? in order you know, to get here, to get home, like for me, I knew I had to get home, <laughs> sitting in Tim Hortons, uh, and just like crying about it, not literally crying, but like, you know, moping about it, it wasn't going to get me anywhere, so like, you have to kind of face your fear.
0: Yeah. Have you done that sort of exercise for anything else since then? Oh, all the time. Oh yeah. Yeah
1: yeah yeah. Um, I did uh, before that. Before this like um, hitchhiking hitchhiking experience, I kind of did that when I was in the Philippines. So uh, I, I tried to hike my own volcano on my own. It was ter- it was a stupid idea, stupid decision, like <laughs> just dumb. Uh, <laughs> But before I went, I, I did this whole fear-setting thing. I'm like, I could very well die, you know? Once I get to the top of the mountain, like, they, like, a couple people died a couple of years ago before, before then from, like, uh, an eruption, a sudden eruption, and then, like, boulders came down and killed them. I'm like, oh, this could very well happen to me. Yeah. And then there's, like, poisonous gases at the, at the, um, at the, at the summit. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> Why are we doing this? It was more of a an entire ego trip though (laughs) one for me hiking my own but um i still kind of did that same exercise and you know rehearsing rehearsing death and just familiarizing like like i could run out of water i did run out of water by the way i was so dehydrated uh, the next day um i could run out of water and just like just just you know Die from dehydration or from from heat stroke. So, the f- I didn't make it up. I made it to like the second campsite, whatever they call. Mm. It. Out of how many? There's I think there's two, and then the rest of you hike. Okay. Um, I made it to the second campsite, and then I got lost in the jungle. The only way I made it back was because I I was smart enough to bring a, a knife and cut up a deck of cards and kind of. Shit. No way! Yeah, like, you literally like,
0: did a. Was what it? Uh, what's that fairy tale? Cancel and or maybe there's breadcrumbs. Breadcrumbs. Yeah. Breadcrumbs, yeah. yeah. What,
1: like, why can we not do that? Yeah. I I set up. I just put them down, and I I got so lost. I was so like dehydrated and everything. I I found a card. I was like, that's my card. <laughs> 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 I, just, I just followed it back. Yeah.
0: Okay, it is Hansel and Gretel. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: That's, you,
0: <laughs> you we cut actually up did cards.
3: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. You know, it was, it was funny, because, like, these cards, they were laminated or whatever, so you couldn't rip them up, and I was, I was cheaping out, I wasn't going to buy a knife because it was so expensive. <laughs> I was like, I don't need a, a knife, I can just rip up the cards, I was like, oh my god, I'm so glad I bought a knife. <laughs> Shit. Yeah.
0: Jeez. Yeah. That's pretty intense, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I've done a lot of stupid things, <laughs> but fear set before right? mm-hmm. it. Be good, but it, it's also good to feel fear at the same time. So you don't kind of intentionally put yourself into these situations. It's mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like in the Philippines, my last couple nights, another another story for you. Um, I went gambling. <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> I lost <laughs> all my money. I couldn't take any more money out from the ATM so I I had literally like six dollars I couldn't get a room in anywhere ten thousand dollars in debt from the (laughs) (laughs) turkey mob so I literally just had like a big liter of water and like an ice cream cone I'm like walking around Manila I'm like fuck I got like three days left I have no money (laughs) it's middle of the night I'm so tired Uh, I, I find this like wrecked construction site there's like trenches and everything and like, like stone slab, broken stone slabs and like rebar coming out of the ground. So I sleep in one of these trenches. <laughs> and um, like in the middle of the night, I wake up to take a piss and there's these dogs just barking, barking, barking. And I'm like, okay, dogs, I take a piss. And it's getting louder behind me. Just, I'm just like, what's that sound? And so there's one dog just like, was like growling at me like 10 feet away. I'm like, go away dog, get out of here. I just kind of like, hop back down in this little trench in my bedroll, and then like three more dogs pop up, and they're all surrounding me. Jesus. And the weird thing is like, I was I was not scared at all. Like I was just like, so like wired. I had my water bottle, I was like, ready to go. I was like, so ready to like fight them.
0: You were ready to fight dogs?
1: Yeah, like I didn't move, I didn't. I didn't even feel like I was breathing. They just barked at me for, like, 30 minutes straight. I was just, like, sitting absolutely still, like, kind of ready, posturing, like, ready to just, like, strike if they came. And then they, they left. And afterwards, I just kind of, like, put my water bottle down and went right back to bed. I <laughs> <laughs> came back three eight hours later and did the exact same thing. The dogs? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then that that's... It's it's really weird now because uh, like that was two years ago, and how I reacted to those dogs like I I wasn't like scared at all. But I think it may have been like, a dumb thing not to have been afraid. Of that. In that in that moment, because like
3: like if you were afraid, what then? Well, yeah. How I mean, would that have yeah, helped? How would that have been? You might have
0: done reacted stupidly. I don't know. What's the good way to react? I think it's weird. good to have
1: fear because like, for me, I, I felt like I was invincible. Like that whole time I was in Philippines, like I acted like I had no fear and it was a good thing I had, I wasn't afraid in that moment, but like I put myself in that situation mm. <laughs> kind of, I put myself in really dumb situations because of me thinking I was completely fearless and like invincible and it's good now, I think, after a couple of years, like reintroducing a little bit of fear to just to make a little wiser decisions, mm. also like not put yourself in such dumb spots like when I'm running when I go for a run around here, and there are these dogs, like I actually feel kind of scared now <laughs> maybe I'm a little scared of these dogs, but it's good to have fear, I think, okay, so in.
0: So, it's almost that uh, back then you were all, you were being a bit naive about what could yeah, happen. Yeah. You were just saying, uh, uh, yeah, like you said, you felt you were invincible. Oh, that won't happen to me. I'll be fine doing this. Yeah. So, maybe allowing fear to not...
1: Kind of guide you into, like, not paralyze you, but also, also guide you into making a smart choice a yeah. smart decision okay
0: but so do you still let so are you letting fear dictate your decisions or are you just letting it say like hey maybe think about this twice yeah
3: kind of like just kind of like it, like you know. should play a role in your decision making kind of like
1: Jiminy Cricket like <laughs> <laughs> hey stupid hey okay, we're not retarded right <laughs> I shouldn't say retarded but we're, we're not like invincible okay yeah. okay yeah so
0: just acknowledging it maybe letting it okay maybe don't do this but and then if it's the other like do you still find your times do you find times where that little voice is getting too loud for something that maybe you want to do or not like sleeping on the street but um, and you have to still push that away or Um, you know when do you listen to it when do you not listen to it I
1: think when I've I've been in that situation already I know where my limit is right And then if my fear is kind of popping up, like I can kind of brush it aside if I feel comfortable, but not like, or or comfortable, confident, but not cocky about it, right? So if I'm comfortable with the situation, if I'm confident, I can, you know, confident being in this situation, I can kind of, you know, put the fear aside, but like if, I find my, my egos coming up and, you know, getting a little cocky. Then, then the fear comes up and it's like, all right, kind of, kind of <laughs> dial it, dial back yeah. a bit. Okay. Yeah. That's why I got this tattoo, actually.
0: <laughs> I want to ask about that, but before we do that, um, I forgot what I was going to ask. So let's, <laughs> uh, shit. Dial I don't know. Okay. Well, yeah. So, what is that? So t- this is an like Ouroboros. I'll uh, throw a picture on the show notes. The, but. the
1: snake that's um, eating its tail goes around in a circle, endless cycle. Um, it's a. It's kind of a personal touch on it. It's a Nordic dragon because uh, I like Skyrim. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, it's just to remind me about the process. You know, like you never, you never made it. You know like there's no reason to ever feel like you're invincible you're on top of the world you're you know it it just really dials me back stops stops me from being so so cocky i guess and um just uh kind of keeps my ego in check. so i guess like the whole thing about the fear um fear aspect and me feeling like i'm invincible is like a whole bunch of uh, these, these ego trips I get so
0: do you think that you would have been able to have or come to those realizations without those past experiences like sleeping on the street in Manila with the dogs or with that little bit of no. uh, na- naivety no, no, no. what's that the right word naivety na-
1: na- yeah I don't yeah. think I would have like I don't think I'd be where I am without any of the experiences I've had before. So everything that has happened in the last 23 years has come, has brought to me brought me to where I am now. And I wouldn't change anything, and all the bad shit that's happened, I wouldn't change anything because then I'm very satisfied with where I am now. <laughs> yeah. And I just kind of look at my my forearm, where my tat is, and I just kind of, whenever I feel like I'm kind of overstepping my boundaries or getting a little uh, cocky or whatever, kind of just like, remind myself, you know, hum- humble wings of I guess. <laughs> humble wings. <laughs> yeah, has I- a lot to do with, um, sorry, but uh, it, this has a lot to do with me and uh, my little couple years playing poker, because uh, it was that is the big that has been like the biggest ego trip. whenever I play poker, and like I've lost so much money because of my ego, and that's that's what that's what finally got me to get the statue. Because I wanted to ha- get it for like five years now, always put it aside. Always put it aside, and then like I um I finally like kind of hit the wall like for the tenth millionth time, and I was like, all right, we, we can't torch our bankroll anymore. Um, this is some poker terms. because um, <laughs> <yeah. laughs> uh, my my brother is a, a pro- professional poker player, and I think. I, I just decided to play poker because of him and I always kind of wanted to play poker because of him and then I always lose my money. <laughs> I'd always lose my money. Always lose my money. And um, I don't know where I'm going with this, sorry. <laughs> I just started thinking about poker, and I was like, Fuck, I love poker so much but
0: Well so so did uh, this self-awareness and when you feel like my ego is getting too big or my yeah i need to dial it back i need to uh, keep myself in check a little bit more i mean is it almost that these many many times that you've had these struggles whether poker or other life stuff that that's gradually allowed you to learn that and adopt that mindset or like how did you develop that sort of very keen self-awareness and um, desire to
1: just that, and also I think just reading the right books. Seriously,
0: like look, can you name some suggestions.
1: Uh the Power of Now. That's gotta be the most like, like life-altering, powerful book I've, I've read, and it's it's extremely woo-woo. Like if if you don't keep an open mind to it, you're you're just gonna be like, fuck this book. <laughs> because it's really in your face but if you if you keep an open mind you're like okay just be more aware more aware of this more aware of that then you kind of um kind of keep your ego in check that way because it's all about it's all about um, absolving your ego
0: yeah have you read Ego is the Enemy by yeah. Ryan Holiday yeah I just I, read that before I came no uh, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I just started that yesterday
1: yeah how you like it
0: it's good it's interesting concepts. It's or not just that book, but the whole um, just very internalized approach to anything you know in life or work or traveling. Just taking that, trying to develop that very keen self awareness and understanding your emotions and what makes you tick or what makes you, you know, if why am I feeling unmotivated about this or when you're going into doing something that feel passionate about or I just he just talked about how passion sucks don't pay attention to passion that chapter yeah um, so just about all these different areas where from um, just growing up at least in the US you know where the advice is follow your passion follow what makes you happy you know shit like that not to say that's bad but his whole the whole approach of the internalization and and you need to it has to come from within saying like you can't rely on these external things to push you to a certain level Mm. like passion or motivation because those aren't going to be around every moment you know what happens when you're getting beat in the face by some work you're trying to do when nothing's going your way or you're not gonna be feeling passionate about it at that time you know so are you gonna have to wait for passion to come back or are you gonna be able to find something else to push you through those times and that not just work I mean obviously that's what he talks a lot about in that book but with anything with traveling or um I don't know other categories but yeah it's it's interesting that whole um concept and the more I read about it the more it makes sense and trying to implement in yeah. my own life and it seems to be good I
1: don't know have you read meditations? parts of it
0: yeah? yeah Marcus Aurelius. Yeah, 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 yeah. Have you read any of these? No. no? no. Yeah, sorry, no. we're not letting you talk at no, all. alright. Right. <laughs> sorry, I took yeah, the for Yeah, I just uh, took a. I just some like, stories. <laughs> Those are good stories. <laughs> yeah, they were. <laughs> um, yeah, it's very interesting, but yeah, definitely read, travel, do mm-hmm. some new shit, mm-hmm. get out of your bubble. Yeah. Thanks, Barack Obama. <laughs> but so sorry, back to that. I actually am supposed to be on shift right now, so we should kinda of wrap this up. I'm ten minutes sure. late. But I text them, it's okay. Um but yeah, it's you know, part of traveling is to, to get out of that bubble, you know. Not just your bubble of yourself but of your society, you know, of your culture, of the way you think you're supposed to live life. And that travelling definitely helps break that. But now that we have phones where go on Twitter go on Facebook go on Instagram go on Reddit go on these other sites where everything is so even advertisements you know you're getting advertisements for poker everything is so individualized so focused on you personalization give you the best experience make sure you want to read what you want to see how do we like do you just have to dump those apps off your phone because now we even when we're traveling we're carrying it with us still you know We're, we're able to break through some of our bubbles by just Throwing yourselves into new cultures, but I don't know. Am I just rambling about 10 no, nonsense no, 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 right no, no. now? <laughs> I don't think you should actually dump those apps or
3: websites or whatever because you can't really help it. I guess. Yeah. But I think just keeping an open mindset is the best you can do. Yeah, keeping the open. Yeah, open mindset's really the best. I okay, think as well. Just know that there's more stuff going on than what you see most of the time. I guess on news or websites or whatever
1: taking it with a grain of salt right
3: yeah. yeah but yeah to be able to keep an open mindset I guess it it could be important to go places to see for yourself I guess I mean it would help
0: just have that awareness that this isn't the world exactly hmm okay it's crazy technology is nuts man yeah <laughs> it's kind of it's Kind of scary in a way. Like, it's all great, but like the fact that Russia, if they did probe some of the election, you know that they can. That yeah, I mean, we're reading it the stuff we the stuff right, we yeah. read. How do we know that you know this is this is the truth?
1: Mm.
0: Have you sorry one more uh, wrap up? Have you read Nineteen Eighty-Four by George Orwell?
1: Yeah, I was I was disappointed with the ending.
0: <laughs> yeah man he, I thought he was gonna win yeah I was, I was so disappointed I haven't read, it. Yeah. You haven't read it okay we won't spoil it but. <laughs> like
1: getting towards the end of the, the book and like there's like this much left I'm like, w- when's it when's it gonna happen, gonna happen. <laughs> no this, this isn't going right <laughs> yeah, no no come on uh, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: we won't spoil it but uh, that's a good one I mean that's mm. one of the it's, classic yeah, books no, you gotta read cool. But a couple of weeks ago, I read a, a diff- another
3: book by him, Animal Farm. That was quite good. How was that uh, one? one? It's really good as well. Yeah. Okay. I recommend it. Okay.
1: Same I room? reckon it's different. George Orwell,
3: yeah. Animal same Farm,
1: yeah. 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 I was going to say Orson Welles, but like, wait, that's not right. What did he write? I don't know.
0: That not Orson Welles.
1: I don't know. Who, who wrote 1984 again?
0: George Orwell. George Orwell. Right? Yes. Now you got me to say uh, that. Awesome. Yes, I'm pretty yeah,
1: sure. That's it. That's unimportant. <laughs> who is Orson Welles is George Oh, yeah,
0: George Orwell. <laughs> asking, yeah, well, who is Orson Welles? Yeah, these are the questions that we need to know. See, I mean, technology is great. We can look actor, up who this dude answer. is. <laughs> oh, he's an actor. Oh, OK. Oh, we're, we're totally on. Oh, he's an old actor. Jeez. Ah, cool. Obama. Yeah, cool. All right, well. I should probably go to my shift. All right. But man, thank you for uh, talking. We just we were are at the 2-hour mark. Oh shit. Go. Oh God. yeah. <laughs> see, that
1: went quick. You have to cut this into two parts now?
0: No, we'll just leave it. This <laughs> the whole the whole point of the the podcast is um, you know, just the listeners kind of fly on the wall. I don't want to have to do a ton of editing and, oh, man. <laughs> and have to cherry pick stuff. You have
1: to edit mine so bad because it's just rambling. No, it's, it's, cool it's interesting, though. <laughs> it's
0: good stories. And, like, I'll even leave this in it because, I don't know, it's... I like the, I like kind of a long-form interview. You feel like you're just sitting in the room. I mean, it's definitely more of uh, the Tim Ferriss approach or the Joe Rogan, you know, where Joe Rogan literally does... I don't know if he does any editing. Like, some of his... I know you haven't listened to his, but some of his there'll be a five minute point where they're not talking about anything and they're just like, Oh, you want to like go grab a beer from the fridge? And it's like, okay. And they're just like, just like talking about some random stuff. then they come back and keep talking. So his is like completely unedited. Just you're sitting in the room with them. Tim's is a little bit more edited. Oh, I guess
1: that's why you call it the Joe Rogan experience, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Come
0: experience life with Joe Rogan. So this is a traveling experience with lethal. (laughs) Mm. But yeah, thank you for, uh, Oh, we're not done. No. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, Yes. Yeah. But maybe I'll cut this. (laughs) Thank you for joining me. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And until next time. Hey, everyone. Lee here again, real quick, with the question of the episode. But before I get to that. If you liked or disliked this discussion-type format of the podcast, please let me know in the comments on the website or by sending a note to lee.t at edgeofcomfort.com, and this will help me know if I should do more or not like this. So, on to the question, though. Uh, The question for this episode is, does volunteering or some sort of workaway experience while traveling sound like something you would do? If you already have before, what did you do, and what was your experience like? Head to edgeofcomfort.com forward slash E-O-C-P-12 and leave your answer or story in the comment section at the bottom of the post. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to reading your answers. Until next time.